Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. Sarah Box here, your host. I want to welcome you to another podcast episode. And this week, we're sharing with you two different interviews that we have pulled out excerpts from to get some of the key points. And both of these women were special to me in different ways. So we're going to talk with Marina Barayeva again. Now, Marina is a You'll hear her introduction when we get to it. But one thing I loved about Marina, she's got high energy. She's living in China right now, but she is not from China. She'll share that with you. And she gives us some very specific things um, that she's been able to do to pivot when life changed for her. And um, she found that her profession needed to shift, how she not only shifted, but has become wildly successful in the process of it. And then we're going to hear again from Melinda Kelly. And Melinda, one of the things that I appreciate about Melinda is that she really talks about the benefit of our friends, both in the immediate and the long term, and then how you can know when the direction you're going or or someone you want to work with is a fit for you. And I found that extremely powerful. And she ends with a story that all of us can take a lesson from in terms of knowing how to identify what success is for us in our life and watch out for the shiny object, which may be leading us in a different direction. So I hope you enjoy this episode with both of these women, Marina and Melinda. And I look forward to hearing from you if you do. Hey there, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. Today we have an international guest with us, Marina Barayeva. And Marina, you might guess from her name, was born in Russia, but that is not where she lives now. Marina has been living in China. And one of the things she claims to fame or has as a uh, fame is that she speaks three and a half languages. And when I first saw that, I'm thinking, how do you do a half language? But then when I looked at it, I'm going, I get it. I think I speak one and a half languages. So using your example, Marina, I'm, I'm going with I'm a one and a half language speaker. Marina is pretty amazing. She is a photographer. She just got back from a, a photography competition in the south of China in what is considered the Chinese Hawaii she shares, and now she needs a little break. But the thing that is really great about Marina is she's going to be able to help us as either entrepreneurs, people who are in transition starting something new, or maybe have been long time in a career and are going in a different direction, about how to become credible in that and become thought leaders and positioned well for that. So Marina, with that tiny little background on you, what would you like to add to your background so folks get a better sense of who you are and how you ended up from Russia to China? (laughs) Hi, Sarah. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, It's a pleasure to serve your audience today. Well, as you said, I was born in Russia and I moved to China eight years ago. Eight years based in China. At uh, that time when I was in Russia, I I liked to do modeling. And then I was doing web design as my full-time work. Then I moved to China. And little by little, I switched to photography. I just felt in love with this. 
I like all kind of this creativity, uh, photography, acting, modeling. And because I wasn't modeling before, it was easier for me to switch to photography because I was in front of the camera and then I just switched to the back of the camera. And living in China, it's just interesting experience. I traveled a lot in China. Then I had my online photography school, which let me travel all over the world. And then I closed it and I came back to China. So now I'm here working and I host a Marketing for Creatives podcast. I help other entrepreneurs to market their business, grow their business. And I love my work. What is the thing that gets you most excited? I love working with people. I love helping people. Like in my photography work, when people come to me, they live more, feeling more confident. Because when they look at the pictures, like, wow, I didn't think I can look so beautiful. Or you make me look more handsome than I am. Oh, I'm already handsome, but now I look even more. Or when I do the podcast and I get people's feedback and they say, I got the new client. I got the new job. I got better, more followers, better marketing. Well, thank you so much. It's just like helping people and see how they grow. It's so exciting. I love, I'm ready to wake up, not even at 7 a.m. like it is now, but even earlier, stay late for that, just to help other entrepreneurs, creatives, or we all special, we all unique people. I want you guys to succeed. When you think about your podcast, what was, like when you started out to where you are today, what is something um, surprising that you learned along the way or something that came out of it that you thought, I never would imagine that it would be so great and I would have X happen? First, it's not that scary. I was so nervous because I'm Russian and I speak English. But to broadcast internationally, I was very nervous. What if I'll make a mistake? What if people will not like my accent? What if, what if, what if? And I, I overslept my first recording. <laughs> I was sleeping because of the different time zones. And I see something blinking in front of my eyes. And I open my eye and there's a message. Are we still on meeting in Skype? I'm like, yes. And I quickly put everything there. And sitting in front of my guest, like five minutes, I was really. And he asked me, oh, what time is it there? Like 7 a.m.? You look awesome for 7 a.m. I'm like, thank you. Did I brush my hair? I don't remember. <laughs> Just five minutes ago, I was sound asleep. Yes. It was so sweet sleeping in my bed. and But more and more people came to the podcast. And I talked to all people who I wanted to talk. Imagine that you can reach out to your favorite speakers, book authors. And it's not only for my community. Sometimes I ask questions which are interesting to me. And like I got coaches during the whole year from every industry. Isn't it amazing? It is amazing. I spent six years in the university. But I'd rather have my podcast for one year. <laughs> I agree. Well, you learn a lot about, I mean, you learn a lot about the production side and all of that kind of thing. But it's so great. I mean, I think about the example you gave that we didn't know each other initially, and now we do. But 
it's so easy and it's so easy to share with other people and for other people to, to help lift them up to get their story out in my case help you get your word spread and for you to help our listeners so, and it's so easy to do that and you're right the the fear of it the nervousness of it you just got to get over it you know it's not as bad as it as it is and you're never going to be perfect so exactly exactly just go for it yeah, I have, although I didn't have to do it in a foreign language, so that's a big thing. What I wanted to ask you, though, I was thinking about this as I was reading your background and your bio and the different things you're doing, and that is, what is a typical day for you, and how do you prioritize what you're working on? Well, my day started, today started early and started with a podcast, <laughs> but usually I wake up in the morning, get the water, I pray and meditate, and then I turn to my main things of the day so i try to be productive in the morning and i try to finish the stuff which more important for me right now then during the day if i have a photo shoot i go to the photo shoot and uh, then close to the evening i retouch images or meet with the clients deliver the services and also the end of my day uh, because i mostly interview people internationally so often it's just exchanging emails or doing interviews. I try to do it from Monday to Wednesday, like those three days. And the rest, I just work on my staff or I can meet with my friends. Well, did it take you a while to get into that rhythm or were you able to do that from the beginning? Uh, it took me a while to structure that. I, usually, I got used to work for myself and wake up like 7, 7.30 in the morning, even on Sunday. People don't understand that. People who work on the full-time job, they don't say, how you can wake up at 7 a.m. on Sunday? I'm like, I can go dancing because I love dancing. I, I, it's my another hobby. I can do dancing on Saturday and still I will wake up at 7 a.m. in the morning. And then I'll go to church and do all my stuff. Uh, but I practiced. I, I tested, tested, experimented what's better with me. And this works better because sometimes there are stuff which you need to do and you postpone them maybe on the daytime and then something comes up. A delivery guy comes or someone else comes and you have another things to do and then you, you can't finish everything. So I try to do everything in the morning, the most important thing which will help me to move forward with my business or lifestyle. What is something that you actually had to overcome, like a challenge that you actually overcame to stay the course that you're on now? And then I'll ask you the other question afterwards. In the beginning of my career, the photography career, I was terrified to sell. I put so much effort as a creative person. I, I worry about the craft. I worry about how beautiful photos and I was so afraid to tell my prices, to sell stuff, because I cared more about how good my work is instead how a person feel. There was a time then when my friend said, your work is beautiful, but you look for the approval. When you find out how to help people and make them happy, you will build the business. And I couldn't understand it for a couple of years. But I kept it in mind. 
And then there was a finally the photo shoot. And a girl said, wow, I never saw myself like this. And then I realized this is what I sell. This is my offer. The beauty, confidence, and these feelings which you get. Look at it yourself from different perspective. It's not the perfect image. And I try to do the art portraits and all of this like painting style. No, they just want to be, you ju- they just want to feel beautiful. And it's completely different. So this is my other question for you that we'll end on. I want you to think about Marina when you were 10 years old. So you'd never been to China yet. Um, Or maybe you had been on vacation, I don't know, but not as you are now. And knowing now what you do and the transitions you've been through and what you've learned, what would you tell Marina as a 10-year-old that would kind of enlighten her as to what's yet to come? Worry less about how things will be and what other people will think about that. And just do try and see how things work. Welcome No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. I'm very excited to share with you today, Melinda J. Kelly. Melinda is an author, speaker, and a coach who loves asking questions. She also has um, a background in volunteering and nonprofit work, which I'm going to ask her to share some with us because it's influenced how she interacts with the world around her as well. But before we dive in, I want to read to you one of the closing paragraphs in Finding Your Coach. So, Melinda, with your permission, I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to have you introduce yourself. This is now in Melinda's voice, which is, to me, why the question of success is ever more important, as we need to understand it in more than iconic or isolated contexts, individually happy, and what gives us the individual feeling of success in a way that cannot be limited or destroyed by the capriciousness, whims of finance. It is my hope that each of us can know ourselves so well that we know when to stand our own ground or when to say when, and in so doing, have no regrets or hesitation. It is my hope that whether you have chauffeured Rolls Royce or a bus pass to go to work, you enjoy your travels to your professional location. For too long, I believe too many have looked outward for that which will help them feel secure and fulfilled. I hope that I have raised some questions to help you find out not only your success, but your happiness, and in so doing, help your life be more fulfilled. I can only ask questions. The hard work is always from within. Taking the time to really ask what it is we individually need and want, and the hard work is always from within. Taking the time to really ask what it is we individually need and want and aspire to, and the same time looking at the dark side of our fears, needs, and wants. And Melinda, I just think that sums up, first of all, it sums up what the whole podcast is about, so I'm even more excited to have you here. But I think that's just very powerful, and it's fitting for a book you know, on finding your coach. So with that as an introduction to you, will you share some more about yourself 
with our listeners, and then we'll dive into the interview. Well, thank you so very much for having me here. I'm delighted and honored to be part of No Limits. I am very fortunate that I was raised in a, house, in a home where volunteering was always part of life. And that really set a beautiful stage for me to own life at a very young age. And I've been thankful that it has been something that has benefited me in ways I never would have known from. I always say that if you're volunteering and putting on an event, you're doing logistics, staffing, budgeting, financing, so many things that people don't realize that become talents you own. But the most fun of it is the people and the work you do. And you're having so much fun with these brand new friends as you save the world that when it's all over, you sort of are sad because, well, we have to think of a new way to save the world. Let's go do it. So that's been a wonderful part of my life. And I'm very fortunate that it still continues. I'm very fortunate that as my professional path, I chose to work in a family business where volunteer valued. And so it wasn't an issue. I had enough flexibility that I could take some extra time off to go do things and acknowledge that I was very, very fortunate with that. And as my life has rolled around, and I like to say I rush slowly. Twelve had a variety of things suddenly implode. In terms of my professional life, I needed to vision where, with the with the media and technology change, where was I taking the business? And then I asked a moment of great clarity, and the question was, do I want to? Just because you've always done something, is it what you want to continue doing? And even if you're good at something, is it what you want to continue? And that was a really hard question. I also was dealing with a family member's um, significant health issue. And that took me away from a lot of things because be it family, be it friends, when we have someone in need, we tend to lose a little bit of our uh, perspective and all we want to do is to help them and make it better. And then I had a significant relationship in my life change and it altered many of the thoughts I thought that were going towards my future. So I had the thrill some past thing when you have all of that barreling down on you at once, or is it? Well, of course, the thing with life is you just go forward. And I don't know if we realize we do it, but we sort of triage. So what's the immediate need? What's the next one? And what can hold off? And so my way of thinking the immediate need was family. My second was we'll just let the business professional life limp along. And the last one sad to say, which I feel is probably true for most of us, was me, and I uh, didn't tend to my bruise. But as I started to come out of it, I started to realize that 
I really could do anything I wanted. And what did I want to do? And that's a really scary question because there's so many paths. There's so many things. I mean, you know, we all kid that we'd like to have nothing to do and sit at home and eat bonbons and read a book. But we all know on vacation, after the third day of reading a book, we're a little bored. And uh, I started to think about things that I'd enjoyed doing. And honestly, I did look at maybe going in professionally to nonprofit work because it's something I know and has meant a lot to me. And I, the more I thought about it, the more I realized I love doing it as a volunteer. And it is such a very different dynamic when you're herding the cats. I like being one of the cats somebody was watching over rather than being the one to say, by the way, um, did you remember this? Um, I could suddenly be the office staff having to roll my eyes at someone who forgot a major thing. So to all those people who work in nonprofits, who get those crazy phone calls from those lovely volunteers who mean well and muck up on occasion, let me just say thank you. You have no idea how much we appreciate you above and beyond. When you came to that place, I don't want to underestimate how important it was that you were able to say, even though this is interesting to me, if I changed my role, say in the example being nonprofits, it wasn't where you want it to be. So even though you could do it, you didn't default to do it. And that is, that is something I feel too often going back. To, we get herded, we get directed by other people's expectations or thoughts. And everyone, what I, with all things, I, I really feel you need to sort of uh, trust and verify. And well, how does somebody, I think that's really important. So let's spend a couple minutes on that because we know we, when we're starting a business or we're donating to a business, whatever, a nonprofit, we do what's called due diligence, right? We'll look them up. How's their 990s? Are they giving their money where they say they are? All of that stuff. But when you want to do trust and verify, are you talking about trusting credentials, trusting referrals, trusting your own experience or your connection with how? Talk about how do you trust and verify something that's different? Oh, more than happy to. I had, when I, a long, quite a while ago before this, I was going to try writing. And I signed up with an um, adult education group and I went to her courses. And the first meeting, went home and did my assignment, came back, and it was savaged. No matter what I said, she just did not like anything I had done. And I thought, I'm new to this, okay. And I took all of her suggestions, went home, reworked the entire thing. And the next week, she savaged it. And it was so obvious or unpleasant or whatever that people came up at break to say, I liked what you wrote. And I tried one more week. And I realized we're not a fit. And I don't know if in a past life I kicked her in the shin. I have no idea because here is this lovely, competent, talented, professional person who did not like whatever I was doing to trust again. 
but I am happy that I had the presence of mind that it was not me. There was something wrong here. And I think that's sort of one of those, everything was great on paper. There's no reason it should have happened that way. And yet it did. And I have no idea why. But you have to sometimes say that happens. That was then, now into now. There are a lot of people that have information out there online, their website, their courses, webinars, other things. So you can get a sense of them before you choose to work with them, be it in a free environment or paid. And the best way of anything is always from someone you know and trust. And many of them, and I respect them for this, are like, let's work together and trust. And many of them, and I respect them for this, are like, let's work together for a while, let's play. If this doesn't work, then let's say goodbye, it's been lovely, and I'll refund all your money. And I give them a world of credit because they have the belief that they are there to help you. If you don't feel it's working for you, it's not working for you. And it has nothing to do with them. It's like, I I like to use the example is if you're in Brazil and you're speaking Spanish, you're close, but you're never going to get your dinner ordered. (laughs) I wonder if you could just touch on like the different areas of success that people, you suggest people consider. And then if there's like, Something when when our listeners are done today, you could say, if you asked yourself this question today, it would help you be closer to where you want to go tomorrow. You can noodle on the question, but talk about it. Very amusing that whenever we travel somewhere, as Americans, we tend to come home and say, oh, I love the way they have family dinners. Oh, I love the way you saw this family in the park. Oh, I love the way you go to the museums and everyone is in them. And we get home and we think we'll do it for the first month. And by day 32, it's history. And what we're looking at and aspiring to and wanting is a different pace of life that is more valued on experiences and communal time and things along that nature. They're less focused on. I put in 50 hours this week, or I'm in line for a promotion. It's a whole other lovely list of what's important. And too often, obsess in this very one dimensional thing that it's a number. And that if I only had a million dollars or five million dollars or whatever, I could be happy. But it I think of it, it's an old joke, and I hope I can get it right, about the businessman who goes down to the little fishing village because he's going to go have his vacation and relax. And he rents the boat, and he goes out, and he comes back and brings his fish and has them done up. And after a couple of days, he turns to the guy and he goes, you know, you could have a great business with this. We could, you know, get you a fleet of boats, and you could oversee it, and it would be a wonderful way of life. And the gentleman looks at him and goes, well, why would I want to do that? Well, you'd have more money. You'd have freedom. You could do what you want anytime you want to do it. Gentleman looks at me and goes, 
is that what you do now? And he looks at me and goes, is that what you do now? And he's like, well, no, I, I take care of my business. And then I have my vacation to take care of other things. And what do you do on your vacation? I do what I want, spend the afternoon with the people I love, do what I like. Little fisherman goes, well, I get up when I want. I take the charter I want. I go home and have an afternoon with my wife. We have dinner. We go to sleep. And the next day I can do what I want. Why would I want to charter, you know, a fleet of boats? He had happiness. He knew what his happiness. enough to know it. And that's the other catch. And I just love it because too often we're chasing somebody else's dream. So that's it for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, please hop on over to iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. This helps us get the word out to more people just like you who want to live a no-labels, no-limits life. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.